2019 had ended, and a, a lot of people took the time to review what has happened in the past year, or maybe in the past decade, before entering 2020. And I know at this time of year, a lot of people start to consider, what would I do differently this upcoming year? If I, you know, 2019 didn't quite go as I expected, and 2020, oh, there's so much hope, there's so much possibility and opportunity for a brighter future, so how am I going to tackle this year? You know what my answer is to that question? A day at a time. How am I going to tackle 2020? A day at a time. You've been given today a gift. When you've breathed your first breath as you woke this morning, you were given the gift of life again today. And how are you going to use your life today? So you can't change anything that's happened in the past. That is gone. There's, you can't change the past. And the future, you know what, beyond this day, we're not certain if we'll wake tomorrow, that we'll have breath tomorrow. All we have right now is the gift of today. And we don't need to be in such a hurry planning our life and trying to do so much for the future if we're not doing all the things we ought to be doing today. Okay. The purpose of new. Our first section is called New Day, New Mercies. Psalm chapter 20 verse 7 says, Some trust in chariots, and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. It's interesting. With each new day, I want to ask you, what do you put your trust in? What is it like for you when you hear the alarm clock go off? What are the first things that come to your mind? How do you approach each day as you wake? Do you have ready your to-do list and your perfectly planned schedule to accomplish everything for the day? Do you wake with a sense of dread and anxiety with the new burdens that might lay ahead? Now, isn't it ironic that the first few moments after a full night of total unaware dependence, because you're sleeping, you're not in control of anything, after a full night of total unaware dependence, we immediately wake up and go into independent self-trust mode. We often trust quickly in our own horses and chariots instead of the sovereign love of our Lord. Now, I don't know about you. When I wake up, what comes naturally is, oh, no, I got to make breakfast for the kids. I got to get up and meet the kids before they get on their iPads. Otherwise, I'm not getting them off. You know, like these are the initial thoughts that come to mind. Sometimes I hear a crying baby that wakes me. And I think, oh no, I have to change a diaper. I have to feed the baby. I have to make sure he's, you know, he's okay. All these things are the first things that come to my mind. But when I, when I realize what's going on, hold on, I just woke up. I need to take a moment just to pause. I want to thank God first. You know, thank God for waking me up today. Now, I don't have to worry about what the rest of the morning is going to bring. I don't know what's going to happen. But I know what I do know is I can't go through the rest of my day on my own, relying on myself, depending on myself. Why? I didn't even get a good night's sleep. 
How am I going to be able to have enough fuel to make it through the day? I need to depend on someone. Some people depend on coffee. Anybody here like coffee? I enjoy coffee. It's okay. You know, <laughs> which one? My, my homemade coffee, you know, because it's quick and it's at home. Right? Some of us depend on the coffee to keep us awake, right? Some of us feel, oh, no, I need to exercise and get my blood flowing first. But can I suggest, before brewing that first pot of coffee and before starting your exercise routine, even before taking that first glass of water in the morning, say a prayer of thanksgiving to our God because he is the source of life. He's the one that will sustain you for today. And guess what? In his word, there are so many promises that I love to cling to. And there's so many truths that I cling to. Look at this in Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 to 24. It says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Let's stop there. I don't want to brush over this. Because God's love is of utmost importance, isn't it? I don't want you taking God's love for granted, okay? The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. There's something about love that gives me strength. There's something about love that makes me feel encouraged. There's something about love that helps me know I am not alone. And I don't have to journey you know, depending on myself. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I have hope in him. When you wake up, are you anxious about what you have to get done that day? Am I going to make it to work on time? Do I have enough food to eat? Don't worry about what you will eat or drink. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about tomorrow. Today has enough worries of its own. But guess what? God's mercies are new every morning. God's mercies are enough for today. You don't live today based on God's mercies yesterday. Why? You made it through yesterday. You're here now. That's mercy already, isn't it? And tomorrow, you don't have to worry about what's coming up tomorrow. You know why? God's given new mercies tomorrow. All right, I mean, like, this is so encouraging to me. In my spiritual walk with God, you know, um, me and some of my guy friends, we've been messaging each other, and they're like, yo, did you start your Bible reading plan for the year? And I'm like, you know, honestly, I, I haven't started a reading plan I just kind of read whatever I could, whenever I have time. And they're like, oh, I, I'm trying this cool one. And another guy, oh, I'm trying this different way of reading the Bible. And I'm like, that is awesome that you guys have the time to do that. We all have the same amount of time in a day, don't we? It's almost like I'm making excuses. I'm too busy to have time to sit down and read my Bible religiously every day. But it's true. I am busy. I mean, I'm not busy, but life around me is busy. And it feels like it's pulling me all sorts of directions. We all have 24 hours in a day. 
Now, I've been sleeping about three hours a day, okay? So I have 21 hours where I'm awake. How many hours are you awake? 16, 18, 19, 19 hours, okay, I'm awake for 21 hours. I probably have more time in my day to read my Bible than you do because I'm only sleeping for three hours. And I make excuses. I make excuses like I don't have time because my kids need me. I don't have time because I have to help my aging parents. <laughs> you know, and it's times like that where I'm just feeling pulled in all sorts of directions. And I'm like, you know what? I may not be reading, you know, for 15 minutes every day. But I am coming to God every day trusting what I do know is in his word. And one of those things I trust in every day, I'm trusting in his mercies. Because they're more than enough for today. What are you putting your trust in? That, that pot of coffee, it's going to run dry at some point, right? The exercise, you get the high, you get the... You know, you get the chemicals going in your brain, but that wears off as well. But guess what? The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies are always there for us. Amen? Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. It's Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 16 to 18 says, Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. I love that. Inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is seen is eternal. So when you wake up in the morning, I'm not talking about how you feel, but I'm talking about where are your thoughts? Are they on God and the things of God and the things that are important to him? Or are your thoughts only on the things that are important to you? I got to do this before I do that, before I get to work. I have to remember to do this on my way back from work. Otherwise, somebody will be mad at me. I have to do this, I have to do that, and you're just thinking about what you got to do for today. I want to suggest a practice for us all. Instead of being so concerned with what you need to do today, be more concerned with how you're going to be today. Because how we are determines what we do. How we are determines how we do things. I am going to be trusting completely in God today instead of in myself. 
That means when I go out and face somebody, I don't have to be worried about how they're going to treat me. Why? Because I'm trusting God to carry me through that situation. Okay? Maybe you have something going on at work, a coworker, a boss, a bad relationship, and you feel anxious about heading into work that day. You know what? Wake up. Thank God that you have a job. Go to that job, and no matter how that person treats you, you treat them with the love of God in return. Right? You're not depending on yourself to muster up that love. Why? Because the love doesn't come from you. It comes from God. All right? You can't give what you don't have. So if you haven't received the love of God to fuel your life, then you won't have enough energy to go out and love people the way God wants you to love them. You get it? My Uncle Manny wrote this really cool article. Well, not an article, a post on Facebook. But these posts are as good as articles, I tell you. And he was talking about putting oil in the car, right? He was running on dry, and there was barely any oil in his car. He, he has a whole story. You know, I'm sure he takes good care of his cars. But um, if you read his post, go on Facebook, look up Manny Ileto, and it was his post from yesterday. And about having the right stuff in you to keep you moving, all right? You could be changed on the inside. He had a transmission replacement in his old vehicle. So the vehicle was old, but it had a new transmission, all right? And it felt like it was brand new, and he was enjoying spending time with this vehicle and driving around with it, and he saw the little warning light on the dashboard go off about the oil, okay? And he thought that when the transmission was replaced, the guy fixed the oil thing. So maybe it's just a glitch. We don't pay attention sometimes to these little warning signals, okay? And when we don't pay attention to these little warning signals in our spiritual life as well, okay, then it could be like we're just wasting away all those resources that God gives us to keep us going, and we don't realize we need to fuel up again, all right? So we don't run on yesterday's mercies. We run on today's mercies, okay? Every day when you wake up, fill up on God's mercies. Receive them, okay? You cannot be merciful towards others if you have not known God's mercy toward you, all right? I don't know what sort of mercy you're giving them. I hope you don't mind that I share that story, Uncle Manny. All right, everyone's going to be flooding your Facebook now. <laughs> So what should we set our minds on when we wake in the morning? We may presently be experiencing weaknesses as outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. I love that. A new day, new mercies. What are one of the first things you do when you wake up to face the day? Before you leave the house, what is one thing you're going to do? Take a bath? Good. Not everybody does, right? That's okay. You might say eat breakfast. Not everybody does. What is one thing you're going to do before you leave the house for sure? You're going to change your clothes. You know what I mean? You're going to change your clothes. It's funny, you know, every day we have no problem taking off our clothes and putting on new clothes. Every day we keep putting on new clothes. And, and th those clothes get dirty, so you don't want to have to wear it all the time. Sure, you could re-wear clothes once in a while, 
But if you're wearing the same thing all the time and it gets dirty, you're going to want to take that off and put on some clean clothes, right? So every day before you leave the house, you probably change out of your warm pajamas and you put on some outdoor clothes. So you change your clothes as you start each day. Now, when you became a believer in Christ, okay, if that was you, if you've made that decision and you've chosen to be a believer in Christ, it means you signed up to be a student in the school of Jesus' way of living, okay? As we make a life in the way of Jesus, we are signing up for school in a way. And the uniform for God's school, for Jesus' school, he says you got to change your clothes before you come to school. You've filled out the application form. You said, yes, I subscribe to this. Yes, I believe in that. Yes, I agree to that. That's where I want to be. I want to follow Jesus. That's what we said. So being a disciple of Jesus means to be a learner of Jesus. And as we learn from our teacher, from our master, we need to come prepared. And one of the things that he tells us is, as you come to school, you got to change your clothes. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. What name brands do you wear? Anybody? Today I'm wearing, oh, it looks like Tommy today. Tommy over there. Any other Tommies? I see a Tommy over there. Anybody else? Joe Fresh? Sarah? Value Village? Yeah. What brands do you wear? George? I, yeah, I wear George, Joe Fresh. Yeah, you go. Old Navy? Fashion brands? Oh, you pass, pass on brands? <laughs> pass on brands. That's great, yeah. You know, some of the clothes, when you wear them, immediately some people will be able to recognize, right? It might be the logo, it might be the style, it might be the cut. You know, my, my wife recently, she bought all of our family these Roots sweaters. And as soon as you look at it, you know that it's Roots because they have a very distinct look and style, right? And it's like a uniform for our family. She says, on this day, we're all wearing this. <laughs> you know? And some days I come to praise gathering and I see Lorna here and she's wearing the same thing as her family. We're wearing the same checkers, right? A few times. Last week I was uh, in uniform with Uncle Manny. We had the same sweater on. Um, but it's kind of cool because when you see that, there's something unifying when you see, oh, this person is wearing that. So when we sign up and follow Jesus, he says, listen, y'all had different brands that you came in with. All those things that you wanted to represent yourself by, you won't be known by that anymore. You got to put down the coach bag, put down the Louis Vuitton, Kate Spade, Michael Kors. I'm getting them all, right? These are the names. And the fakes, the fake bags from Green, Green Hills. <laughs> so you lay down your brands and then you got to, got to put on this new thing that God created for you. This new self 
this new brand, this new clothing that you wear. God created that clothing. He's the designer of this new self, okay? So with regard to your former way of life, put off your old self. Be made new in the attitude of your minds and then put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So what does it look like? Righteousness and holiness? It means it looks like you're set apart from the world. It means you don't do all the things, you don't live in the way of the world. If everybody is um, chismising, is that the word? Chismis, gossiping, if everybody's gossiping, you won't have any part of it because it displeases our God. Okay, if everybody's backstabbing each other or talking, you know, you won't have any part of that. Instead of hating on somebody, you choose to show love and compassion toward them. Okay? Holiness and righteousness. So all these things, it's not a prescriptive thing. It's a description of living in the way that God wants us to live. God says, love your neighbor as yourself. And love God with all your heart, with all that you are. Righteousness simply means living in a way that you are right with God. Okay? God made you right with him when Jesus died on the cross. You don't have to do anything to be right with God. God already said, you know what? I sent my son Jesus to take away all your wrongdoings, to take away the penalty of your sins so that you could be right with me. I sent my only son Jesus to die in your place so you could have a relationship with me. So you are right with me. Let's stay right together. I mean, that's what God wants for you. He doesn't make it hard for you. He doesn't say, make your life right first and then you could come to me. No. He said, Change your clothes. Everything's been done for you, so here's the invitation. Get out of that house, that stink hole that you've been living in. Take off those old dirty clothes. Change your mind about what you want to do with your life. Change your mind and believe in Jesus instead of believing in yourself. Be renewed in the attitude of your mind. Change your way of thinking. Stop thinking about earthly things. Think about the unseen things above. The things that are eternal. Stop thinking about the things that are going to pass away. All right? Put off the old self and check this out. God comes and he says, put on this new self. I want to clothe you with righteousness and holiness so you could be with me. I set you apart. I'm giving you a new heart. I'm giving you a new spirit. And all you got to do is keep Renewing your mind. Uncle Manny put a new transmission in his vehicle. But that oil has to be topped up. It has to be changed and filtered every now and then, right? You got to flush it out. You got to keep putting the oil in the car to keep it going. Just because you chose Jesus once doesn't mean like, okay, I chose Jesus once, I'm good, and that's it. I'm going to wait till I die and go to heaven. Every day his mercies are new. He's got a purpose for you today. And he wants to fuel you up today. The question is, are you filling up on what God has given you? 
or you're filling up on some other junk. Okay? God says, don't wear your clothes from yesterday. I'm giving you something new. Okay? There is a link between putting off the old self and putting on the new self. And it's found there in the middle in verse 23. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. If your attitudes and your emotions and practices come from the spirit of a renewed mind, they will be yours in one sense, but in a deeper sense, they will be the creation of God in righteousness and holiness. We can't brag that we're different. We can't brag that, you know what, my life is changed somehow because it wasn't your doing. We cannot change ourselves. Did you know that? You cannot give yourself a new heart. You cannot give yourself a new spirit. You could try to feed different things into your brain, reading different books, watching different things, exposing yourself to different things. But in your own strength and power, you cannot change yourself. Only God can do that for you. Who created you? God created you. So who can make you a new creation? Only God can make you a new creation. And how does he do that? He gives you a new heart. He gives you a new spirit. And he invites you to fill up on his stuff every day. Okay? It sounds like such a simple message, right? It just, I'm saying the same thing over and over. And you're probably sitting there like, okay, how is this supposed to help me? Well, let's stop and look at what have you been doing wrong in your walk with God? Up to today, you know, like, are you still living off yesterday's stuff? Well, I studied all this stuff in church. I know all this stuff already. Why do I have to bother? Why? We got to fill up on God's word every day. You don't eat bread today for next year. All right? It doesn't work that way. You got to keep thinking on the things of God. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Here's some questions that we need to ask ourselves. They're there in your sidebar, in your handout. It's easy to talk about, but how is this supposed to happen? How do we put on the new self? How do you think in such a way that God will be creator of your thoughts? How do you feel in such a way that God will be, be creator of your feelings? How do you act in such a way that God will be creator of your actions? How do you put on a new person created by God? It's so funny. You're probably looking at the screen thinking, well, how, how do I do that? How do I do that? Here's a little phrase I want you to be repeating for the rest of this 2020. Every time you look at yourself in the mirror when you wake, just say to yourself, get out of the way. You look at yourself in the mirror and you just tell yourself, Tim, or your name, <laughs> I look in the mirror and I say, Tim, get out of the way. God has something that he wants to do through you today. You let God live through you today. You stop trying to do everything. You let God lead you in all things.
How do you think in such a way that God will be creator of your thoughts? You think on God's things, not your own things. You replace your thoughts with the thoughts of God. What are God's thoughts? Well, you have a Bible, right? God's thoughts are expressed there. They're expressed in word there. And they're revealed to you by God's Spirit. So when you read those words, don't let them just be words on a paper, on a page. Let the words come to life in you as the Spirit breathes life through those words into your life. Does this sound creepy? A little bit? No? Because we're talking about God's Spirit. We're not talking about evil spirits. Okay? You let God breathe life into you. Remember that God is the creator. And he's the one that's making you. He's making you a new creation. And that will only happen if you put off your old self, change your mind, and put on the new created self. It says here, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. How's everyone feeling about this verse? So quiet. How are you feeling about this verse? Just look at the screen. Okay, pick one. Okay, it says, <laughs> put to death this earthly stuff. Okay, God is not condemning you for this stuff. But God is saying, this stuff, you don't need anymore. Put it to death. There's a finality that he wants you to He wants you to kill that relationship that you have with these things. So it has no power over you anymore. You know, when kids go to class and they bring their cell phones, they're bringing into that classroom a, a connection to something else. The teacher wants to give a, a lesson, right? But if their minds are connected to something else through that cell phone... They could physically be there with the teacher, but be connected with something else. Just like husband and wife could physically be in the same room together, but they're thinking about something else. Okay? God's saying, when you show up to school, you change your clothes, you be ready to learn from me, God says. He says, put to death, put away your cell phones, essentially. Put aside all those distractions. Put aside all the things that you, you used to cling to, that sexual immorality, that impurity, that lust, that evil desires and greed, because that's all idolatry. And the commandments say, you shall have no other gods before me. Amen? So you stop making yourself God. Because of these, God's wrath is coming. You used to walk in these ways, in the life that you once lived. We don't pretend like we were perfect angels since we were born. We are all born sinners. We've all had these attitudes, right? Such were some of you. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now you must rid yourself of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Anybody? It's like a menu, right? <laughs> You're like, oh, no, I had that yesterday. <laughs> um, do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self. This is presuming that you've done this. Do not lie to each other 
since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed, which is being renewed in knowledge, in the image of its creator. You are still a work in progress. You are still being renewed day by day. Okay? God's not done with you yet. The reason you still have breath today, God still has more for you to learn. All right? When your time's done, I hope that, you know, you could stand before God and he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. You know? But today, it's still another opportunity to serve God and follow him. It's another opportunity to learn from your master. We are being renewed day by day. That was uh, Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 to 10. Titus says, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. It's the grace of God that helps us say no. So your old buddies, you know, they call you up. They're like, dude, we miss you, man. Where you been? You're so square. What, you're at church again? You were just at Bible study last night. Wow, that Uncle Manny really got you. Come out, come hang with us. You know, we're going to go slash some tires or something. I don't know what, I don't know what they do anymore. Let's go get high. And you're like, well, it's legal, so it's not that bad, you know. Um, you know, but just bad influences. I'm just pulling stuff out of whatever here. But your old life tries to call you up on your cell phone, right? And it calls you up and says, dude, let's go hang out. Um, I'm sorry, who's calling? Yo, this is your old life. Come on out. Let's hang. And you're like, sorry, you know, I'm in a new relationship now. Um, I'm giving all my time to this person. You ever have that new boyfriend or that new girlfriend? And you had no problem dropping everybody else around you for that person. Why? Love. Well, that's infatuation. <laughs> all right? But when you love God and you step into a new relationship with him, that's kind of what it's like. You are set apart and committed and devoted to him. So you don't like, I don't marry my wife and then go out with my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> it just ain't right. I am set apart, devoted to my wife. I'm in that relationship. I'm committed. I don't go back to the old stuff. Oh, but you know, we had so much fun times together. Yes, we did. But those times are done. You know, don't pretend like you never had fun. Don't pretend like you never enjoyed all the wrong things you did before. It was fun for that time. Try doing that same stuff now. Let's see how good that turns out for you t today. You know? I'm not going to let out my secret sins. I'm going to let those things, those are dead. Okay, put on my new self now. But if you care to share, that, that's fine too. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy, set apart. Right? Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Who here wants to see the Lord? You know, we say that the Lord is here. Yes, it's true. His presence is here. He's with us. 
but we can't see him face to face, can we? Some people say, how could you love God? How could you worship a God that you can't see? You know, some of my other friends had uh, challenged me on this many a time. And uh, some of them were in long-distance relationships. And there was no FaceTime at that time. You know, there were cell phones. Not, not even cell phones. You had to call, um, what is that, calling card. And you could be in a relationship with somebody long-distance, right? And you're with them, and you care about them, and all you want to do, you want to hear what they have to say. You can't physically have coffee with them. You can't share the same cake, but you could have a conversation. You could talk to each other. You could listen to each other. You could hear each other's heart, right? And although you've been talking to each other every single day, when they get on that plane and fly over the ocean and land at Toronto Pearson International, and you are standing there waiting to receive them with your balloons and your roses and your entourage and your big sign behind you and your Canadian flags and your Tim Hortons in hand, you laugh because you all do it. <laughs> but now they get off the plane, they're like, oh, Tim Hortons, I had this in Manila. <laughs> yeah. It's not so novel anymore. Um, but when they get off that plane and they see you standing there and you're, you know what? You got all this stuff there and you are just so happy to see each other face to face. There's something glorious about that moment. Because you've longed for it, you've waited for it, you've yearned for it, for the time where you could just be together. Nothing even happened. All you did was see each other. And you run and you scream and everyone around you looks like, who is this crazy person? And everybody else has their cell phone. And you're holding your cell phone out. Oh, come, come. <laughs> Honey, you're home. And you're holding the phone. Put the phone down. Run to the guy. You know, it's like, let <laughs> Please, okay? <laughs> I'm begging you now. Like, it's great. I've seen your photos and your videos on Facebook. I share in your joy. I really do. But you could have enjoyed that experience so much more if you weren't worried about that camera, right? There's no filter. No filter, okay? When we see God face to face, you're not going to be using your cell phone to capture that moment. I guarantee it. I guarantee you, you're like all that just goes out the window because all you care about at that moment, you get to see God face to face. And you long for it and you yearn for it. Now, I, I feel this is how we ought to be living every day. Every day. Don't take for granted that God's spirit is with you today. You know? Don't take it for granted. I can't wait to see God face to face. <laughs> But until then, be set apart, be holy, live and be right with God. Jesus prayed for his followers. It's recorded here in John chapter 17, verse 17. It says, sanctify them by truth. Your word is truth. Sanctify them by truth. How, what is sanctification? Sanctification is a process of making holy. The process of setting one apart for a, a good purpose. Sanctify them, wash them, cleanse them with your word. Cleanse them with your truth. And how does God cleanse us today? He cleanses us 
by the washing of his word. He cleanses us through the power of his spirit. It's his spirit that reveals his truth to us. It's his spirit that brings the message of his word to us. So God is cleansing you, sanctifying you day by day as you are renewed in your mind day by day. He is creating you to be a new creation day by day. You are a work in progress. He's not done with you. So when you breathe life today, God is sanctifying you for a purpose. What is that purpose, I wonder? In the book of Revelations, close to the end of the Bible there, one of the last couple chapters, there's a part where God says, there's someone seated on a throne, and a voice from the throne says, Behold, I am making everything new. So it's interesting. God introduces this to us. Every day is a new day, right? Forget 2020 being a new year. Why? We're already into, like, what is it, the fourth day? It's getting old, right? It's getting old so quickly. But every day is a new day. Every day there's something fresh, there's something new, and there's something life-giving, okay? You hear me pray this all the time, right? For God's Spirit to give us something fresh and something new and something life-giving every day. So he talks about this new day and then he talks about you becoming a new person and then he talks about him making everything new so all these things we've experienced so far they're just like the appetizers to the main course of what god is really about you ever go to a restaurant maybe a fancy restaurant i'm not talking jollybee okay i'm talking like a real sit-down restaurant and um they say, listen, it's winterlicious, and you get to try different types of food here at our restaurant. So you get the appetizer. Ooh, the soup is so good. Ooh, the salad is wonderful. And you can't wait for the next thing, right? And then they put out the main course. And you're waiting for that main course to come out. They've whet your appetite in a way. You've tasted and seen that this is a good restaurant. In the same way, it's like you... You step into a relationship with God and you taste and you see that the Lord is good. But you're still waiting for more. You're waiting for more. If there's anything you should want more of, it's more of God. You should keep hungering after him. You should keep looking forward to there is more to life than what God has already revealed to me. I am waiting to see more. I'm waiting for the main course. Our whole existence, our whole life here on earth right now is just an appetizer as to what God is really doing. Okay? Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. This is John getting a vision from God and recording it. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. Isn't that beautiful? Who is this bride? It's the church. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them face to face. 
They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making all things new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. So from the throne, God is declaring, I am making all things new, and he turns to the guy penning down the vision. John, record these words because I want everybody to know this is what I'm doing. This is important. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all the liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is a second death. It was so beautiful, right? And then we got to that last slide. But this is what's up, okay? What is God making new exactly? He makes us new first spiritually and morally, okay? By the renewing of our mind, okay? Spiritually and morally new. One of the most frustrating things in life for the children of God is that we want to be holy and we fall short of the holiness we long for. We want to love and we say hurtful things. We want to worship and we feel cold. We want to walk in peace and we feel anxiety. We want to be pure in thought and impurity bombards our minds. There is some progress as the Spirit helps us in our weakness, yes. But what we long for is deliverance from this bent to sinning. Does this resonate with any of you? Yeah. Outwardly, we're wasting away, but inwardly, God is making us new. Here in Revelation 21, if you continue to read past verse 8, it talks about a picture of the church prepared and beautified for her husband, Jesus Christ. God will make us spiritually and morally beautiful without spot or blemish, okay, for our final marriage with his son when Jesus Christ comes again. He makes us new, physically and bodily new. How many of you like the body that God gave you? You kind of like it, you know? You liked it some days, you know? Not any, my, someone said not anymore, you know? Um, I used to like my body. <laughs> I didn't treat it well, but you know. Um, but we spend all this time trying to make ourselves look good. We dress it up, we love our bodies, we feed it, we give it rest. You know, we bathe it, we, we take care of our bodies, but even these bodies, these outward shells of us, these are going to be replaced. And God is going to give you a new body, okay? Our final hope is not disembodied spirits. If you believe in God, when you die, you get to float in heaven like the clouds, like a spirit ghost. Some people believe that after you die, that the spirits are looking over you, 
and they are disembodied. It means they don't have a body. They're just floating around anywhere. But this is not what the Bible teaches us. Okay? Our final hope is not disembodied spirits. When it says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more, neither shall, neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. We feel pain in our physical bodies, right? God's going to give us a new body, a glorified body like Christ's, when Christ was resurrected from the grave, imperishable, a body that will never fade or die or make us feel weak and sick. He makes our bodies new. What else is God making new? He makes us new on the inside. He'll make us new on the outside. And then the new creation. The hope of the prophets seems to be that this earth and these heavens that we know now will be made new. It's not like God's going to like, um, okay, let's create a different solar system and just relocate. No. Why, if, if God does that, then we're just relocating and this will still be around. But God says, no, all that was old will pass away. It will be done with. There's a finality to it. It's dead. It is gone. It cannot come back. It cannot exist in this new creation that God's going to give us. God's going to take this old place and make it new. Just like when he says to us, when you love me, I will give you a new heart. I will give you a new spirit. Yet we still have our physical body right now. God could take whatever was old and corrupt and gross and turn it into something, recreate it and turn it into something beautiful. Okay? And that's what he's going to do with this heaven and this earth. God will renovate the whole thing, a kind of global rehab project. And everything futile and evil and painful will be done away with. We don't have to deal with it anymore. Romans 8.21, Paul puts it this way. The creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and obtain the liberty of the glory of the children of God. So you see the newness of this glory of the church, the church being the children of God, is primary and first. But then God promises that the glory of his people will demand a glorious creation to live in. It's like taking creation backwards. When you go back to the book of Genesis, first God created the spaces. And he made sure that those spaces were suitable to support the life in them. He created the sky so that the birds could live there. He created the ocean so that the fish could swim. He created the land so that we could roam and walk about and he created the the plants so we could eat from them but before he created the beings that inhabit the place he created the spaces and here it's almost like the reverse because what god does first see with that he created man and then he said man your job is to manage all of creation okay you are to be stewards and manage over all of creation so our purpose here on earth was to manage things well. Because God wants us to one day rule with him from his throne, you see. And when we rule from his throne, because he's already prepared us as a beautiful bride for Jesus Christ, and we get to live with him forever, get this, guys, this is so important. The main course of our whole Christian journey is this. We will reign with God 
in his glory and his splendor, and then he will create a place for us. He creates a place for us. God had created a place in your heart for him. When God created you, there was a place that he created in your heart suitable for him to come in and dwell with you. If we could understand that now, this is what God's doing in the future. He's creating you new so you could be like God in righteousness and holiness. And then he'll plant you in this beautiful paradise that's suitable for you. You don't even have to manage it anymore, I don't think. God's got that covered. All right? But everything you need for life, it's there. And you're thinking, how is this good news? I thought good news is when I die, I get to go to heaven. You know what? We get to hang out with God for a while in heaven, but God dwells with us anyway. Guess what? He says he's making a new heaven and a new earth. How does that change the way you're going to live today? Will it change the way that you live today? I think it feels like it's just too far away. It's just too beyond our comprehension. It, it doesn't change anything for us immediately. But that's why God, he says to you, listen, my mercies are new every day. So friends, just live, just live day by day. Just live for today, right now. You'll figure it out. Boy, this went differently. When I was studying this, it felt so big and beautiful. And it is big and beautiful. But when I share it, and it doesn't seem to come out, can I be honest with you guys? I just want to confess something. As much as I say I love coming here on Saturdays, which I do, and I love to worship with you all, I really do. And I love getting these messages from God. The journey is so lonely. The spiritual walk is so lonely. And I am so blessed that I have other people around me that I know will pray for me, and I could journey with, but it is lonely. I don't know how many of you might feel that same way. Like you're still walking on your own doing this yourself. And yeah, it's fine to say, yeah, God's there. You know, I know God's walking with me. I don't need anybody else, but that's a lie. Because we need each other. Okay? God gave us each other, and he said, you know, love each other. And this is how the world will know you are my disciples. If I feel this way, that it's a lonely journey, <laughs> I'm sure there's more of you out there that feel the same way. And if there's one thing that God has for us today, it's this mercy right now. The opportunity that we have to gather together today. How are we going to spend the rest of our time together today? You don't have to figure it all out. You, you don't plan it all out. You just take it step by step as God leads you, step by step, moment by moment, day by day.
I don't want to do one of those, those big rally things. Who's with me, you know? Because it just feels like farce. Yeah. Could you guys stand with me right now, wherever you are? Just stand with me. I don't think we're supposed to be feeling all this wonder and joy all the time. I think God still wants us to feel what we feel. I still feel that God wants us to suffer through things because he still wants us to learn. He still wants to teach us. Today is an opportunity, friends, to put to death, put to death the former way of things. Let's leave the past in the past. And right now, all you have to do is make a decision in your mind. Change your thinking to live differently. It's like deleting your old self from the cell phone. So when they call, you don't want to answer it. Okay. Today is your opportunity to put on the new self and start operating by the power and the leading of God's spirit at work within you. Put on the new self but I don't know what God's spirit's like. I don't know if I want to do that. You know what? God's spirit, you see it in the life of Jesus. Jesus was compassionate. Jesus was kind. Jesus didn't judge others. Be like Jesus. Live this day today with humility and compassion and kindness. Live in submission and obedience to God's leading in your life. Live by encouraging and giving hope to people that seem to have no hope. Encourage one another to stay the course, even though it might seem lonely. We are all in this together. We are all the body of Christ together. This life, it's not about you. It's not about you. God's making you new so for the purpose of glorifying him. You understand? What are you doing with your life? Don't be so self-important. Make up your mind today. Die to your old self and put on Christ. That's it. You don't know where to go with this right now? That's okay. I don't know either. But God, may he lead us day by day.